the five W's. I remember in elementary school learning how to write a book report or a story or really anything, and the first thing you learn when coming to write a paper is that it needs to answer the five W's. I took a journalism class in middle school and learned every newspaper article should answer the five W's. They're the basics. They're how we communicate the fundamentals. And the five W's are who, what, where, when, why. And because we always have more questions, but it doesn't start with a W, we add in how just because. Y'all have heard of these five W's. They're, they're how we learn to organize our thoughts, how we learn to structure our thoughts and how, in, in learning how to write. It's how we sometimes think about things and issues. It's an easy way of going back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, to figure out what's at the heart of the matter. We should probably do that as Christians more, getting back to the basics. We should probably do that as Christians more, getting back to the fundamentals. For a couple weeks, we are going to do just that. We are going to look at a few of the five W's as they pertain to the church. We began last week during our CD release concert when Brenda talked about the answer to the question, who is God? Who is God is the central question the Christian faith attempts to answer. It's the central question that all religions seek to answer. Who is God? What is God like? And what does that say about who we are living in this world? Today we are going to address the second W. What? What is the church? What are we doing here on Sunday mornings? What are we supposed to do throughout the week? And what difference does it make in the world? Next week we're going to address the third and final W of this series, where. Where are we headed? Where is this world headed? These questions make up the heart of Scripture, the heart of the Bible, the heart of the Gospels. They make up the heart of Jesus' teachings. They're also questions that are central to each of us as people as we seek to make sense of our world. And not just those of us in this room, but all of us. These are central questions to our humanity. There are questions that each of us that call ourselves Christians, each of us who come to church, must answer for ourselves and for others who ask us what it is we're doing here on Sunday mornings. Don't you know there's an NFL game on right now? So for these weeks, we are going to spend some time considering these foundational, fundamental questions. Today we look at what is the church. Now there's an obvious answer to this question. The church is a building or a place or a thing we come to. I'm sure many of you this morning said to a spouse or a child, are you ready to go to church? Church is a thing or a place or activity you go to. You are at church right now. As some of you know, I was recently in France for 10 days, and while we were there, we saw some family friends, uh, and they were asking me how things were going with the church. As a pastor, I frequently get a similar question wherein people basically get what I do on Sundays, but they are very curious about what I do the rest of the week. If you've ever thought that, it's okay. My wife wonders that all the time. In the course of explaining it, I mentioned that this church is so young that we don't have a church building, but we meet in a school. And the friends would then say, so you don't have a church. Oftentimes, we are accustomed of thinking of the church as a building or a place. 
there's an answer to the question, what is the church, that this church embodies somewhat uniquely in that the church is a group of people. We do not have a building, and yet we are a church. Amen? What is the church? It's a group of people who gather in the name of Jesus. There's an old church song that goes, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we are the church together. And if you have no idea what song I'm singing, you might know the song, you just can't recognize the tune that's coming out of my mouth. This is a good answer to the question and a really helpful corollary to viewing the church as a building, but it's still a tad unsatisfactory. For a full answer, let's look at Scripture. That's a good place to start. The New Testament has a couple different forms of writing within it. The first four books are four different accounts of Jesus' life called the Gospels. They were good news writings to tell about how God had come to be with us in Jesus Christ. Most of the New Testament is composed of either these Gospels or of letters written by followers of Jesus to different churches throughout the Roman world in the generations following the events the Gospels recount. Sandwiched in between these two types of writing is a book called Acts. The full name is the Acts of the Apostles, and it is a good news story of what happened after Jesus. How did these churches that these letters are going to go to get started? What happened narratively after Jesus ascended into heaven? Basically, Acts is the story of the church. So in trying to answer the question, what is the church, we will turn to a particular section from the book of Acts that outlines how the earliest church functioned. And within it, we will find our answer as we seek to know what it is we are doing here on Sunday mornings in this building with y'all. We are looking at Acts chapter 2. And it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So these were the characteristics. These were the markers of the earliest church. In this short paragraph, we see what it means to be a church and what it means to be the church. And we can see a number of distinct activities within this paragraph that we can take one by one. They devoted themselves, the earliest church, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. A clear key marker for what the church is is the thing we find ourselves doing today. We worship. We gather together and worship God. We see the features of worship laid out here in the first descriptor of the church. We gather together, we listen to the apostles' teaching, or to scripture being read and proclaimed. We break bread and we pray. A simple answer to the question of what is the church is that it's the group of people who come together to worship God. Worshiping is important as it connects us to God and as God's spirit is still present with us today. It connects us to the God who created us who loves us, who wants to heal us from our faults and our failings. 
It helps us encounter love and grace and forgiveness. It helps us become people who bear love and grace and forgiveness to the world. But the separate elements of worship are important as well. When we come together as a gathered people, we realize in a hyper-individualized and individualistic world that the individual is not the most important person in the universe. When we listen to the apostles' teaching, we become people who are humble enough to listen and learn. When we pray, we seek help, not relying on our own strength. And when we break the bread in communion, we come to see this world as good and see miracles as the union of our world with God's Spirit. Worship deeply changes us, both as individuals and as a community. The next thing we read in Acts is that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You see, what happens in worship does not stop here. We don't come here, feel better for a bit, and then leave to be the same people that we were coming in. The point of coming to worship, the point of church, isn't just to feel a little bit uplifted on a Sunday afternoon before the Redskins have us come crashing down. It's so that we can leave here changed. We can leave here slightly different. We can leave here charged to be a sign of God's presence in our world. In the early church, the apostles were performing signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit was working through them, and people outside of the church were noticing that something was different because there were Christians around. They were noticing signs and wonders. Does our community encounter signs and wonders because we come here to church every week? They should. One marker of the church is that people notice we are here. They see signs. They see wonders. They take notice of something happening, something on the move, something different. There's something going on because there's a church. How are we living into that? How are you living into that? Acts continues that all believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Uh oh. Red alert, friends. <laughs> Scripture started meddling. They're talking about economics. Being a church requires giving of oneself in order to meet the needs of a community. Sometimes that comes through giving offering so that we can maintain the operating needs of this church. And I didn't mean for this to be a segue, but I forgot to mention earlier, there's an offering envelope in your lifeline. Should you wish to make a financial contribution to the church, you're welcome to bring that forward as you come for communion later on. Our intention, our hope, our belief is that when you make a financial contribution to the operating needs of that church, to this church, money is going towards ministry. Money is going towards service. Money is going towards mission. But sometimes this comes through special giving, through service, such as donating socks or coats or bug spray. Sometimes it comes through being so attuned to the needs of the community that you keep McDonald's gift cards in your car in case you come across someone standing in the median, or you keep bus tokens, or you keep granola bars. It means seeing where the needs of people in the community are not being met and giving of yourself in order to meet those needs. I will tell you, when this church started talking about streetlight ministry and started talking about homeless persons in our community, I began, not because I'm 
the paid professional Christian here, um, but because other people were telling me about needs of people in our community, I began to notice more and more who was standing in the median. I don't know if that happened to you, but that is something that has changed in me over the last year as we have been working with Streetlight. I am seeing needs that I was ignoring before. And it's only so long that you see those needs and you don't yourself try to do what you can to meet them. Investment in the community is a clear marker of what it means to be the church. Acts says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. There's an element of church that involves daily thinking upon the things of God. Whether that's going to the temple daily as they did in ancient times, whether it means praying daily in your home, studying scripture or the like. We need to daily contemplate and meditate upon what God wants for us and what God wants for the world. We need to do this because it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to focus on our own problems, our own needs, our own wants. When we pray, when we study scripture, when we have holy conversation with friends, we are brought back to the ways in which God is living and working and moving in our lives, our communities, and our world. Acts continues, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. A key feature of the church is fellowship. It's connecting with one another. It's seeing the beauty in and of our community. If you share a meal with someone, you are engaging in an intimate act. Sharing a meal, eating together, is a stopping to enjoy the company of others. Sharing meals and eating together binds us in special ways. And so one of the markers of the church isn't just so much eating together, although we Methodists do love a potluck. Can I get an amen? But it's about coming together as a community and becoming community. It's about connection. In our current setting, is there anything more lacking than connection to others? In our modern culture, is there anything missing from our lives, from our neighbors' lives, than genuine connection with the people around us? We live in a highly professional, highly transitory area. Who here struggles to make friends and develop deep, lasting relationships? Who knows someone who on some level is lonely? Who knows someone who is looking for connection and cannot find it on I-95? As a church, we are called to be people who are connecting with each other and praising God for the gift of relationships. Acts finishes, at least this section, with, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is what the Bible says about what the church is. I wonder, if we were to leave here right now and go out into our neighborhoods and ask people what they think about the church, what we'd hear them say. I wonder if we went and asked people who are doing their grocery shopping right now, or who are sitting in a Starbucks right now, or who are going to brunch right now, what they think the church is, what they'd say. Because a ton of literature has been written about what non-Christians say about the church. And most of it says non-Christians don't think of the church as a group of believers who praise God, share, give to the needy, daily go after the things that God wants, and who value honest, genuine, authentic community. Instead, what we hear 
non-Christian saying is that the church is self-centered, unwilling to develop relationships with non-Christians, that the church is judgmental, and unconcerned with the needs of the community. And if this is the view we have of the church, it's understandable why fewer and fewer people are coming to church these days. But just the same, if the church were thought of as being wholly devoted to God, devoted to the needs of the community and a place of genuine, authentic connection to others, it's unsurprising that more and more people were coming to be a part of that community. So the question becomes, how are we as a church, how are we as spirit and life, measuring up to the way Acts describes the church? Are we passionately worshiping God? Are signs and wonders being performed through the work and ministry of this church? Admittedly, I am partial. But I'd say the answer is yes. When I think of signs and wonders, I think of a group of people gathering over 2,300 socks to give to homeless persons in our community. I think of lives being changed and transformed through connecting to God in worship. When I look at this church, I see a group of believers who care about the needs of those in the community, like really and truly care, who will sacrifice to collect insect repellent because some in our community, some in our county, live outdoors. I think of people who can't wait to hear what we're going to do next to serve people in our community. When I look at this church, I see a group of people who warmly welcome and seek to connect, authentically connect with new folks. I see a group of people who want to pray for their community, pray for teachers who come to this building. The world needs people like that. The world needs people who are passionate about what God and Jesus Christ wants for this world. The world needs people who will give of themselves, sacrifice, in order to meet the needs of those in the community. The world needs people who want to authentically connect with others. The Bible says that's what it is to be a church. The world needs us to be a church. So let us go forth and be that church. Let us pray.